Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. How are we doing? We're doing all right? It is so good to be here, right? There is no better place to be. I just want to thank you all for being here this morning. I really do. The Bible talks about the importance of gathering together and not neglecting that, not neglecting that, not neglecting the gathering together of the saints. And so I just want to say thank you because I know sometimes if you've got little kids, it can be hard, you know, getting them all ready, getting them in the car, you know, without throwing a hissy fit, getting them here. I just want to say thank you, everyone, for for being here this morning. Um, And for those who are are watching online as well, thank you for tuning in. But I want to encourage you as well, if there's any way that you guys can, can be here in future Sundays, get here, be in the room. Uh, It's just amazing to be together, to be encouraged amongst one another, to be gathering around one common name, which is the name of Jesus, to encounter Him and to receive from Him, to hear from Him. And maybe this morning, if it's your first time here, I just want to say welcome. Welcome to Lifehouse. I just pray that that you will find Jesus and he He is the one that we are all looking for, whether we acknowledge that or not. So I want to say thank you, church. It is our first part of our brand new series, I Am, which is looking at who God is. And that is good, right? That is a good thing to do in a church, right? To, to kind of look at who God is. I think if we weren't doing that, well, well, what are we really doing? So this is an important series and I feel really honoured to be speaking part one. Next week, Pastor Josh is going to be bringing part two. Then we're going to break for Easter. Uh, and then after Easter, we'll have the third and final part with Pastor Mitch, who's running our um, Lifehouse College. So that's going to be a good one too. So I'm really looking forward to the series. But yes, this morning, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into Moses, the story of Moses and looking at a few things in his life um, that, that helps us understand our lives today. But before we do that, I just want to pray. Shall we do that? All right. Father God, we just thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you that you see us and that you care enough about us to be with us and to want to be with us and to actually want to be with us so much that you sacrificed, you you died and rose again, God, so that we could know you and have your, your own spirit, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we just want to say thank you for that. Thank you that you are here. And we ask in Jesus' mighty name that you will have your way this morning. We want to say that we are hungry to hear from you. We're not just here uh, to, to socialize. We're not just here to, to sing, God. We, we are here for you. And we want to say that we are hungry to hear from you. So will you speak to us? Will you speak deep into our hearts? I just want to say that there is nothing off limits. And I pray that that is everyone's prayer as well this morning. If that is, just say it in your heart. Say, Lord, there is no limits for your access into my life. We say, come and have your way, God. We thank you that you're a good father and that you love us, that you care for us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen, Amen. All right, praise God. Thank you, Timbo. You are a good keyboard player. 
<laughs> he is. <laughs> I'm not very musical, as you can probably tell. That's okay. Um, all right, we're going to look at the life of Moses. He is a very significant man in the Bible. Um, and his story goes that, that he grew up as a Hebrew boy at a time when it wasn't very good to be a Hebrew boy because um, the Israelites, which are his people, were under oppression and the king of Egypt at the time had, had um, put this rule out that anyone born, any baby boy that was born had to, had to be killed. Um, and so Moses' mum was like, not my baby boy. So she kind of makes this like floating basket floats her little baby in the Nile and Pharaoh's daughter finds little baby Moses and is, comes up to her dad's like, can we keep him? Can we keep him, please? And he's like, okay. And so Moses grows up like this prince, this prince of Egypt, which is a good movie I've heard. And, um, and, and he, he learns all these amazing things, but it goes a little bit sour and um, he stands up for his people and he, he ends up running away into the wilderness where he shepherds some sheep. And whilst he was in this zone of the wilderness, he saw something strange one day. Now, it wasn't unusual for this to happen, um, but this time it was a little bit unusual when he saw a, a um, bush suddenly burst into flames. Now, a reason that wasn't unusual is because of the temperature back then. Sometimes bushes would just combust, right, and they'd burn up and, and you know... What happens when things burn? I don't know. To go to ash, disappear, so it's gone. Anyway, um, this bush didn't. The, he noticed that the leaves weren't withering and that, you know, it wasn't actually burning even though it was burn, burning. Does that make sense? <laughs> Not really, but that's what he saw. And the reason um, why, why he kind of drew near to it is because it didn't make sense. And so he's like, that's weird. Let's go have a look at this strange phenomenon, this this burning bush that is not really getting consumed. It's not really burning. What is going on there? And so he goes up to it. And of course, God's got his hand in this whole setup. And it says, when the Lord saw that he, Moses, had gone over to look. This is Exodus 3 verse 4. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Now, first thing that I noticed is that God didn't begin speaking to Moses until he noticed that he had Moses' attention. When he noticed that Moses started to walk closer to the bush is the moment when God called out to him and said, Moses, Moses. And I want to ask you this morning, has God got your attention? Has God got your attention? Because he's done a lot to get our attention. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to get our attention. Jesus didn't just die. He rose up again to get our attention. Has God got your attention? Because sometimes we can be asking and, and you know, waiting for, for, for something to happen, for God to provide in some way, but, but maybe God's just waiting for you just to draw close to him just to take a few steps closer to him, just to, just to pause from, from looking after the sheep and all your duties and just to spend a few moments in your day just drawing close to him. Has he got your attention? And when God saw that he had Moses' attention, he said to him, Moses, Moses. And Moses replied, here I am. 
Now, that is a cool statement. Here I am. It's only used 16 times in the Bible, which is a lot because there's, there's a lot of words in the Bible, right? 16 times, so, which is not much. I was meant to say not much because yeah, there's a big Bible. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying. It's amazing. And, and nine of those 16 times were people directly responding to the call of God. There was, of course, Moses. There was Isaiah. Um, there was Abraham. There was Jacob. There was a guy in the New Testament called Ananias. Um, and who was the last person? Forgot. Anyway. Tell you later if you want to know. It's written down in my notes somewhere. But, um, though, yeah, there were six people and it was quite substantial. They said, here I am. The other times were um, people responding to an esteemed father figure saying, yep, here I am. And um, the reason why that is quite a statement, um, I think we can kind of find an answer by looking into Genesis, And so we're going to read something today from Genesis 3, and this whole chapter is called The Fall. Um, And so it's it's a bit heavy duty, but it's basically when Adam and Eve, the first people ever created, decided to do the one thing that God had told them not to do, which was to eat from the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil. God had created these guys, he'd placed them in the Garden of Eden, in this perfect paradise. They had everything they wanted, that they could have wanted, and and yet they they wanted the one thing, and they ended up eating the one thing that God had said they were not meant to do. And so we read in chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Then the man and his wife, this is after they'd just eaten, eaten the fruit, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But when the Lord God called them, called the man. Oh, I read that so wrong. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? Now, it's a simple question. You would think it would be a simple answer, right? I remember as a kid that um, I used to get into things that I shouldn't really get into. And um, I've got a lot of allergies as, as well. And I discovered one more when I was, I was quite little. But it's, it's weird. I've got, some, I've got some strange allergies. Like I just recently discovered that I'm allergic to my cat. And I had no idea. I love my cat. And, and I'm allergic to it. It really sucks. I'm allergic to all sorts of like skin products and latex and, and soap and water. So obviously I, I stink. Uh, not drinking water, just, you know, water on my skin. Weird. It's very weird. Um, but one thing I discovered when I was little was that I was actually quite allergic when I consumed a high amount of toothpaste. <laughs> right? I love sugar. I love sugar, but often the kitchen was out of bounds as a, as a little kid um, for, for good reasons. But I knew there was one thing I always had access to right near my room in the bathroom was that beautiful, gooey little tube of toothpaste. Now, this is weird because my parents never bought me that kid-flavoured toothpaste. Like, you know, you can get bubble gum and strawberry or something. I don't know. I never really had it, but it's banana. banana that's... Strange. 
Anyway, it wasn't banana flavoured. Um, it was just the normal mint toothpaste. But for some reason, I loved it. And I'd just go and like squirt the whole tube into my mouth and, and, and chew it down. And I, I got really allergic to this toothpaste. To be honest, probably anyone would if they ate that amount of toothpaste now that I'm thinking about it. But what would happen is I would get like this, this kind of beard of, of dots that would come up on my face, these red dots, like just kind of around my mouth and kind of up and on my neck and, and stuff. So, I, so I've heard from my parents. And so, so it, was pretty, it was a pretty give, giveaway sign if I'd been eating toothpaste. And so my parents told me that, you know, they would come up to me and I'd be grinning at them with this, this dotty face and they would say, have you been eating toothpaste? And I'd be like, no. And they were like, of course you have been. Look at your face. It was a simple question, but I was kind of, you know, maybe fearing a little bit what would, what would happen if they found out. And so I lied. So going back to, to Genesis 3, really God asked them quite a simple question, didn't he? He said, he said where are you? But they knew that they'd done something wrong. They, they had toothpaste all over their face as well. And this is what they said. In verse 10, Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. Right? That, that doesn't answer the question. God said, where are you? And I reckon we could probably all agree that the normal answer to the question, where are you, is here I am. Right? Here I am. Where are you? Here I am. Simple. We're learning English here this morning. Where are you? Here I am. But no, instead, Adam goes on a little bit of a ramble. And it's like straight away, he gets in the defensive position. Straight away, he's kind of a little bit worried. And he starts talking about the past. And he starts defending and, and, and going on about what, what, what happened in the past. And he, he says, um, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. And so, and so I hid. Straight away on the defensive. But God was saying, where are you? The tense is also interesting to notice. He said, I heard you in the garden, not I, I, I hear you in the garden. I was afraid, not I am afraid. He says, I was naked, not I am naked. So I hid, not I am hiding. But God says, that's not what I was asking. I asked you, where are you? Where are you? Now, the amazing thing about this is that we have such a good God who is far more interested in knowing where you are right now than what you did yesterday. He is far more interested in where you are right now and in having relationship with you right now, in walking through the garden with you right now than he is in all the mistakes, in all the sin and in, in all the mess ups that you've done in your past. Like Adam straight away went on the defensive and said, oh, I made all these mistakes and I did these things wrong and I'm naked and I'm hiding and, 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 and it is all so bad. But he just says, where are you? Imagine if Adam just said, here I am. I think sometimes we can have that same response as Adam when, when God comes before us. 
when he calls us. We know that we're not perfect. We know that we messed up. We know that we've, we've, we, we, we sin. And he comes before us and says, where are you? Sometimes we can say, oh, you know, yeah, last night wasn't good. I definitely shouldn't have done that. He's like, but where, where are you? Yeah, I know the, that one mistake I did all those years ago. It's just I can't, I can't forgive myself. I can't move on from that. He says, where are you? You say, oh, I know I've got all these addictions. And it's just these things that got a, you know, a bit of a hold on me. And I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the place. I'm not the person that I want to be. God says, where are you? What if we were to simply respond to the call of our Father by saying, here I am. Here I am. Why do we complicate things so much? Because we fear that, that God is going to punish us. We, we fear that, that God is going to whack us one. But that's not the God that we serve. Yes, the Bible talks about the importance of confessing our sins, you know, amongst, amongst good people and bringing those things into the light. But that, my friends, is not the first thing that God says. That's not the first thing on his lips. The first thing on his lips is, where are you? Let's be together. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. And how about, how about we start just saying, here I am. In the morning when we wake up, how about we just say, God, here I am. Here I am. I'm not perfect. You know that. He knows. We've got dots all over our face. He knows. He understands. But let's just say, here I am. And that was Moses' response, which is, which is great. When he heard the call of God, Moses, Moses, he says, here I am. But then, he, yeah, kind of goes down a little bit from there. Verse 11, um, God is like, great, thank you, Moses. Here you are. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, and he, he begins to speak to him and he says, I, I see the pain of my people. I see that my people are in slavery. And he's like, I know you've seen it too. He's kind of hinting at that. And he's like, I, I want you to go there and to bring my people into the promised land. I want you to set my people free, Moses. And Moses' first response to this mission that he's been given, we can read it in, in verse 11. It's already up on the screen. He says, who am I? Who am I that I should be that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? He all of a sudden started to have a few identity issues. Can I just say for a quick moment, did you know that God has never had identity issues? He has never once been unsure as to who he is and who his character is and who he what he stands for. He has never once been, been confused or been unsure. Our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He has a surety of who he is. And so he is a great person for us to go before and to say, who am I? Now, God, he could have taken the opportunity right now to kind of put on an encouraging hat and to say, Moses, you're awesome. 
Moses, you're a legend. You're stronger than you think, Pooh Bear. You know, he could have, he could have said, you is smart. You is kind. You is important. He doesn't say any of that. He's, he plays the God card. I love God. He's so cool. So literally, verse 11, Moses says, who am I? Verse 12, the first response, the first words that God says in response, who am I? He says, I will be with you. <laughs> I will be with you. You know, our identity comes from the one who we walk with. Our identity comes from our creator. Our identity comes from our father. Who we are comes from who God is. And there's a real push. You can see even from a young age that kids are told to decide who they are and what gender they are and, and what character they'll have and, and where they're going to go. But, but God isn't talking about any of that stuff here. He goes straight away and he says that I will be with you. What an encouragement when we're fearing. What an encouragement when we're unsure that we don't actually need to kind of dive into ourselves and go off to America for five months to try and figure out who we are. No, we just need to know that our God, our Father, our Creator is with us, that Jesus Christ is with us. That's all we need to know. He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. We get our I am from I am. We understand who we are. We, the question, who am I, is answered when we understand who God is, the I am. So Moses, he says, okay, right, so... If who I am is determined by you and you being with me, well then answer me, answer me this, God. Who are you? God says, I'm glad you asked. That is the right question. And he says in verse 14 of um, Exodus 3, God says to Moses, Oh, this is a good verse. He says, I am who I am. Simple, right? <laughs> who are you? I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. That is a cool statement. I am who I am. Basically, if you were to do an equation... God equals something. There is nothing that we can put in that box to equal God. Like, there is nothing we can even compare with God other than God. That's why he's saying, like, I am equals I am. Like, God equals God. There is nothing, there is nothing that we compare with, that we can't compare with God. Now, the Bible tells us a lot about God. We can find out so much about the character 
of God and, and, and who He is. I've got a list of them, actually, if we've got that. Um, but this, right, this, this is only a sample. This is not everything from the Word of God. But you can, you can read, yet yeah, God is love. He is the living water. Yahweh, the Alpha and the Omega. He, he is uh, a miracle-working God. I am a miracle-working God. He can say, I am powerful. I am all-knowing. I am ever-present. I am unchangeable. I am the everlasting Father. I am the wonderful counselor. I am the great shepherd. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Word. I am faithful and true. I am your provider. I am your hope of glory. I am your bridegroom. I am your peace. I am your strength. I am your healer. I am your redeemer. I am your teacher. I am the truth. I am for you. I am the author and finisher of your faith. I am the true life. But even all of that does not equate God. Look at how mind-blowing is that. God is all of these things, yes, but He is even more. He is even bigger. He is even greater to the point where He says you cannot even describe, I am who I am. He says, I am. That is who I am. Now, this is why it is so crazy when Jesus makes this statement in John 9. Pharisees, this is when Jesus, of course, he's, he's on earth. He's probably 30-ish years of age. Um, and, and he's got these guys called the Pharisees often pick on him. They hate what he's saying. They, they hate what he's about because they're, they're quite religious. Um, and, and, and he says, uh, they, they say to him, yeah, kind of, yeah, I guess start picking things apart, apart from him. Um, and, and his reply to them, I won't go into all of it. You can read it in John 8. His reply to him says, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. They replied, You're not yet 50 years old. And you've seen Abraham? How does that work? He says, Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born... I am. And so they picked up stones to try and kill him, to try and stone him. Why was their, their reaction so big? Because he was saying, I am. I am. I am God. That's what he was saying. I am God in human flesh. I, I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. I am. Jesus is I am. He, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That's In Revelation 1 verse 8, it says that. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was and is and is to come. Basically, it is saying I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the one who was. I am the one who is. I am the one who is to come. I, I am. I'm, I'm outside of your time dimension. And this great I am, Jesus Christ, our Father, our God, He wants to know us and He comes before us and He wants to hear from us and He asks us, where are you? Even though He knows our future and the things that's going to happen, even though He knows our past and the things that we've done, He still wants to know where we are right now. 
the two questions that he asked, he's so, he asked it so simply, where are you? And the second one, we're going to read it in, um, in Mark chapter 8. Now, this is a really, really important question. This is actually the most important question that we can ever hear and respond to. It's more important than will you marry me? It's more important than how many kids do you want? It's more important than where, where should we live? It's the most important question that you will ever hear and ever respond to. We're going to read it in John 8. Sorry, Mark 8. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. This is the question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Philip responds, you are the Messiah. In other words, he's like, well, you just, you just said it yourself in the sentence. I am. You are God. You are God in, in human flesh. You are I am. And God comes before each and every single one of us. And he asks, now who do you say that I am? Before you answer it, it's really important for you to think it through. Because depending on who you say that Jesus is, could, it could totally restructure your entire life. Like your, your whole life will change depending on who you believe that Jesus is. Right? If, if, if you believe that, you know, he's just like a, a bit like a lawyer, then you only see him when, when you're in trouble. If you think that he's just a good friend, well, then you're not going to throw your life at his feet and, and, and give your life to him because people don't really do that just to a friend. That would be a little bit strange. If you say that he was just a person, a good person who, who lived lots of years ago, you're not even going to, to acknowledge him. But if, like Peter, you say, I believe that you are the I am. I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that he did die on the cross for my sins and rise up again victorious so that I may have eternal life with him. If you say before the King of Kings, before our Father, here I am, I am, then your life is no longer your own. It means that every morning you don't get to wake up and decide for yourself what you want to do. It means that, that, that your Lord and your leader is Jesus Christ. And that is a good thing. That is a good thing. That's not a scary thing. That's not a dangerous thing. That is a good thing. And he speaks to us all through his word. He shares with us the, the things that we need to do and the way that we need to walk and the, the way that is going to be best for us and best for his, his people, which means not, not sleeping with anyone unless you're married. It means not getting drunk. It talks about having, having a, a sober mind. 
not getting high, right? It, it means not being selfish. It means treating your neighbor like yourself. It means um, being a part of, of a church, not neglecting the gathering together of the saints, which is so good because we're all here. We're, we're not neglecting it. It means tithing. And so if you do say that, then I, I encourage you, you need to be getting into the Word of God and knowing what, what He wants for you. If you say before God, here I am to I am, that your life is no longer your own. And as I said, that's a good thing. Because remember, we've all got toothpaste all over our face. <laughs> we've all made mistakes. We're all sinful from, from the very beginning of time when Adam and Eve first sinned. Like that, that mistake, you could say horrible allergic reaction to that fruit, that is still inside of us, that sin. That's when death and sin entered the world. And we're still living in that which means that we, we, really, we really need some help. Like if we want eternal life, which God offers, like the only way to actually get that is by coming before Jesus and by accepting his, his death and resurrection over 2,000 years ago and accepting that. And God does this exchange where he, he takes our dirty lives and he gives us his eternal life. I'm going to read one last verse this morning, which, you know, I'm sure you've probably never heard of before. It comes from John 3, 16. It's very rare. It's a very rare verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Remember, his first question before you is not, what have you done? He's not wanting just to condemn you and point the finger at you. He's not bringing up a list of mistakes that you've made and saying, what about this? What about this? He's just saying, where are you? He's not coming into the world to condemn us, but to save us. He already knows. He can count the dots from the toothpaste. He already understands everything. He already sees or he is I am, don't forget. He is present in the past. He's present in the future. He's present in the present. And yet he doesn't want to condemn us. How freeing is that? How freeing and liberating to know that I am does not want to condemn us. He wants to save us. He wants to be with us. He wants to walk with us and talk with us and, and share eternal life with you. Everyone dies. But those who believe in Jesus have come before God. Here I am, I am. How simple is that? We have eternal life in Christ. Verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Stands condemned already. We condemned ourselves when we ate that fruit. You know, God doesn't condemn us. He, he saves us. He saves us. He frees us. 
So I want to do a little bit of ministry time. We've got a little bit of time. We're going to have a couple of worship songs as well, which is so important in worship. Often it's that moment when you're just, you're singing, you're praising God and God's ministering to your heart and He's speaking things to you. And so it's so important. That's why we, we, we worship here. But I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me right now. So we're, going to, we're going to chat through a few things. We're going to pray through a few things. And the first one is around saying, here I am to God. Because maybe you find yourself hiding. Maybe you find yourself kind of dodging God and dodging spending time with Him because you're worried about what He's going to say. You're worried and you're thinking about the things that you've done. You're thinking that you're not good enough. And, and so you find yourself starting to hide. But I want to give an opportunity for you to say before God, God, I am. Here I am. Here I am. Naked and hiding. But here I am. And I'm going to pray that you experience the wraparound presence of God. Hopefully you're already experiencing right now because His presence is here. And so with everyone's eyes closed, if you feel like you've been in hiding before God for whatever reason that might be, whether you just feel like you're not good enough or you're remembering a mistake that you once made or an addiction that you might have or whether you feel like you've just been ignoring Him for so long that He's going to think it's rude if you try and speak to Him again whatever reason, if you find yourself hiding and you want to say before God, here I am, can you raise your hand? Raise both of your hands if you want. If you want to say, here I am, God. Here I am, God. Here I am with my flaws. Here I am with my weaknesses. So good. Yeah, God sees that. He sees that. He sees your acknowledgement. Is there anyone else who wants to say, here I am? Here I am, God. So simple. Father God, we, we thank you for everyone who's reaching out their hands right now saying, here I am. And I thank you, Lord, that you already know where they are. That you love them. That you are proud of them. And I just speak against any condemnation that the enemy has been throwing to these beautiful people's minds and hearts. And I just say that stops right now in Jesus' name. I say in Jesus' name, let your truth be known in their lives. That you're not here to condemn them. That you are here to save them. You are here to set them free. And by your power, Lord, will you do that right now? I just pray for a lightness a lightness like a weight is just dropped off of their shoulders as they come before you saying, here I am. We thank you, Lord, that that's just the beginning of the conversation. That as they, they link arms with you and begin to talk, I just pray for beautiful conversations. I pray for a richness and I pray for a depth in relationship, God. We thank you that they don't need to repeat the past. I thank you that they don't need to keep talking about the things that they once did and the things that they're bad at and the things that they don't measure up in. God, that's in the past. That's forgotten as far as the East is from the West. So you have liberated, so you have freed them, so you have removed their sin from them. So right now in Jesus' Name, let all condemnation flee. 
let, in, let all insecurity flee right now. Let them know that you are with them. As you said to Moses, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of the sacrifice of His Son. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, He is with you. It's not about you being perfect. It's not about you scrubbing up. It's that the perfect Son of God gave His life for you so that you can be with Him. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. God, we thank you for that freedom. We thank you for the freedom in the lives of every individual who's reaching out to you today, God. Let that not just stop here. Let that continue. Let it grow day by day as they walk with you in the garden, as they talk with you, as they spend time with you in Jesus' mighty name. Will you seal that? Will you seal that right now? We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Amen. Lastly as well, I want to give anyone an opportunity who has never called Jesus their Saviour, who has never answered that question of who Jesus is by saying, you are the I Am. You are my Saviour. You are my Lord. With every eye closed, if there's anyone who wants to do that this morning, just pop your hand up as well. As I said, that is the best decision that you will ever make. And if you want to make that decision, yeah, I see that hand. That's so good. Praise God. The best decision you will ever make. Is there anyone else this morning who wants to say yes? I come before Jesus and I say that He is my Saviour. I say that He is my Lord. Yeah, praise God. Praise God. God sees that. He sees that response. Hallelujah. So good. Is there anyone else? Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for you for you guys. Father God, you see these hands. I thank you, God, that they are responding to your call. That they see you, that they hear you, and that they are saying that they give their lives to you. Acknowledging who you are to them. We thank you for this moment and I ask all those who have raised their hands and the whole church will do this as well. I'm not gonna point you out or anything, but just wanna encourage you to pray a little prayer out loud. It can be soft, can be loud, doesn't matter. It can be in your heart, God, God hears you. But I just wanna pray a little prayer that you guys can pray out loud, just inviting Jesus into your life. So if you wanna join with me, church, we can pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross my sins I know I'm not perfect I know I've made mistakes and I ask you for your forgiveness and I receive your forgiveness I give you my life in exchange for your eternal life I love you Jesus the great I am in Jesus name Amen Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.